Hello everyone, welcome to the Climb Blue Podcast post-match reaction. I'm your host Dan Rowlandson, joined by Frankie Maguire to discuss Aston Villa's exit from the fourth round replay of the FA Cup. A uh, home defeat to Chelsea, which I for one, Frankie, did not see coming whatsoever, did you? And how are you, by the way? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, still sort of recovering from that, the misery of that. Um, my internal voice has gone a bit Mark Lawrence when he used to commentate on football. Well, you know, I don't really like football, don't know why I watch it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was, it was brutal. Um, and I think you could kind of see it coming, I thought, after about seven minutes. I thought there was just a, a pace, an intensity, a drive, a press um, and a, a, a movement from Chelsea that just looked ominous and threatening. And I thought there's a goal coming soon for them if, unless we can turn this around. Given the fact we actually started the first three or four minutes quite well. Um, but then once they got that goal... You know, first goal does matter quite a lot in football sometimes and it just felt like the momentum got with them even more after that and we were just thrown off our uh, off our game completely. Um, but the, the more worrying concern for me was just how similar it was to the Newcastle loss. It was uh, very similar indeed. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. I was inclined to open this by saying like, oh, I thought we started well, but it literally was like two minutes. Like, it was end to end, wasn't it? Like the first 90 seconds. It was like, oh, okay. Like McGee went down the left-hand side, I think. And it's like, oh, right, maybe this is going to be yeah. one of those games where we start fast and we get the early goal and we kill off the tie early. And yeah, not to be, you're right, five or six minutes in, you think, oh no, this is not going to go the way we think. And it just didn't didn't look right, did it? I, I don't no. quite know why. I can't put my finger on it. Uh, I mean, full time was, what, 20 minutes ago or something? So it's difficult to read too much into it as of this evening. Maybe, you know, in a couple more days, we can kind of think, oh, maybe it was this, maybe it was that. But I'm kind of a little bit, little bit dumbstruck by the whole thing that, that that was a good 11 we put out, like we should have. That should be enough to beat Chelsea. This isn't Chelsea of years gone by. This isn't Mourinho's Chelsea fighting for titles. This is Chelsea have been mid-table for two seasons. Like mm. we are on paper better than than Chelsea. I thought um, coming into the second or the the, the replay, so second leg coming into the replay. Oh, well, it's home advantage. We're good at Villa at Villa Park. You know we're better than we are better than Chelsea. We've got yeah. through it. We should get through that. It's a tasty Leeds uh, home tie coming up next. With them, we're one game away from a semi final. I was kind of plotting my route to to Wembley to be honest, yeah. and I was a little bit caught short by the Chelsea that turned up. That's not who I was expecting to to face. That kind of high press, high intensity, closing Villa down. I wasn't I wasn't familiar with that that Chelsea to be honest. No, the the they're they're a very they're a very mixed and poorly structured squad, I think, Chelsea. I think they're, they're just wildly bought players. But it, mm. in amongst all that are some actual real quality players as well. Um, but tonight, it was just a game where it absolutely clicked for them. And uh, I think, you know, their shape, the way they played us, whenever Villa were in possession, Chelsea would basically, I thought, go into quite a tight box in the middle. So you'd have Conor Gallagher and Cole Palmer together, pressing our centre-backs, particularly Longley. I thought they were giving him hell all night. They were on him all the mm. time. Never got the ball. And I think teams know that Villa like to play out from that down that route, down the, through the left uh, centre-back coming forward, so don't give him time to play. Um, and they were all over him, but they were quite tight to um, Enzo Fernandez and Caicedo, who'd push up and therefore get tighter to Luis and Kamara. So that basically what kept happening was that it felt like every time Villa had the ball at the back, we'd look forward and it'd be like, well, where where do I pass to? How, how do I get out? And um, the set the centre midfielders were kind of taken out of the game because it felt like they're outnumbered. And uh, if you wanted to go out wide, Chelsea's players could go man for man and press on them. And it kind of ended up that you know, similar to the Newcastle game, where we would 
you know, there'd be a kind of mid block against us and we couldn't really play through it. And in the end, we just kind of resort to long balls, uh, mm. which is which is quite worrying. Um, you know, that you know, it was a question we raised on our podcast, you know, in December that, you know, as teams get used to Villa now and prepare better for Villa knowing how good we've been, you know, how are Villa going to react to that as well? Like, it's a new test for us. And, um, you know, just the two results against Newcastle and Chelsea, um, in both games, it's looked like Villa have um, played teams that have been high in intensity, um, high press or fast pressing when they need to be, but also um, disciplined enough to get into kind of uh, mid-block situations that leave us looking a bit a bit clueless off our game and um, just are passing are passing going off as a result of it our, our heads going a little bit from it so it's definitely something we're going to have to learn from i think yeah you mentioned kind of closing down our, our midfield passing options and, and resorting to going long and that's something that isn't as noticeable as a problem when it's pal torres who's pinging balls around and, and directing play from the back and that's somebody we, we hugely miss when we're closed down in the way that we are but again Douglas Louise and Bubakar Kamara aren't poor players. We're all fully aware of how good they are. They should be able to, and with time, I hope they will be able to adapt to when they're in these situations. They've got to, they've got to do something different. They've got to try something different, and that's not on me to say, oh, they should do this and do that. But there's yeah. been occasions now. You keep mentioning Newcastle, and that, that's the other one that if we're if we're blocked from playing out from the back by giving Louise or Kamara options in midfield to to have to receive the ball and move it forward, mm. we do look around as I'm as dumbstruck by this result tonight. They look on the pitch dumbstruck of, oh, I don't know what to yeah. do. This exactly isn't what that. we want to do now. Um, I was going to say, talking about Ezri Constant still later, because it's not really massively relevant to the Chelsea game specifically tonight, but obviously he's injured, as everybody knows. We've not done a, a specific podcast about it. In a weird way, I'll see it as some kind of positive, because I was fully prepared for it to be like a season-ending injury. So the fact that mm. it's three or four weeks, if it is that, of course, isn't hugely the end of the world. I think there's some winnable fixtures in the Premier League. Uh, and I think John said maybe he's aiming for Spurs as a return, which, Christ, we could need him, we could do with him for, for that, couldn't we? <laughs> but him not being there as well, it's it's so silly to say because it's just one player, but Ezra Compton not being there and not being there at right back as well, mm. it just plays, doesn't allow us to play in any way the same. And this isn't just... Well, Matty Cash comes in at right back, and he's not as good as Ezri Concer. The mm. players in front of them don't get to play in the same way. The whole the whole right hand side is not as good when only Ezri Concer is not in there. It's it's a strange, yeah. a strange scenario, but that's just how it is. Yeah, we're definitely more secure when he's he's Concer's there. Um, absolutely, he's a, and he's you know he's a leader on the pitch as well. He's got that experience. Been at Villa for a few years, more probably more so than a few of the other players. So, you know, it it is going to be a factor. You know, you'd much rather have him than not. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, on the right hand side, you know, he just is you know defensively more solid than uh, Cash is. Cash, you know, is a player who likes to get forward a bit more. Um, and, but there were times he was sort of getting forward tonight. It kind of felt like. I was know him and Bailey just didn't really have much of an understanding. The shape just looked a little bit bit off to me. Um, so yeah, I think I think Concer is a, is, is a big uh, loss. So I was at that Sheffield United game when he did that injury, and to be honest, when he was first riding around on the floor, I, I thought, "Oh my goodness, this looks like a potential season ender." But when he walked off the pitch, I was like, "Oh well, thank the goodness for that." Um, but did fear he was going to be um out for a little while and uh you know a month hopefully it's not one of these villa injuries you know like yeah. greenish back in the day where <laughs> we're all expecting him back and then uh see you, see you sometime in may Ezri. but yeah hopefully he's back uh as soon as he possibly can be the comment here from craig who says he's tired and he's playing a part i was going to ask you about the the, 
I saw a comment before we started about our home form isn't good, which sounds crazy, doesn't it? Considering <laughs> the, the streak we were on up until like what three weeks ago, whatever it is. Uh, but obviously, dropped points to Sheffield United, lost to Newcastle, lost tonight, of course, in the FA Cup as well, which in a roundabout way I'd rather lose in the Cup than the Premier League, which is I know is going to rub people up the wrong way, but I'll come back to that later. Um, but specifically, the last couple, Newcastle, and then tonight losing back to back in. You know, it's not just losing is it by one goal it's a, a last minute in off the post lucky deflection or something we've been yeah. dismantled twice back to back by teams that in the league we're better than we're, we're above them we sh- we should be the better team in those games so to come back uh, was it 3-0 and 3-1 that raises question marks a little bit for me Emery yeah. substitutions again just the, the similar so that similarities in both games of could have changed things at half time why we wait until the 70th minute onwards to go, oh, probably should change something. And also, this isn't a specific to tonight thing and this, other clubs will have exactly the same. Why did you only start playing when you're already 3-0 down? Yeah, like we, exactly. we kind of get back into it a little bit and start to do something when we're already kind of out of the game by that point. There was never yeah. really any chance of a, of a comeback I didn't feel based on the first 60-odd minutes, 70-odd minutes. You're 3-0 down and then all of a sudden you start to ping it around a bit and you think, oh, there is something there. Why is that yeah. always the case as well? Other clubs is the same. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably pass, partly, you know, 60, 70th minute, the opposition can't, you know, press perhaps as ferociously that, as they had been th- in the early part know, of the yeah. game and maybe the gaps open a little bit. But at the same time, you know, um, yeah, I think something I've praised Emery for a lot since he came in uh, is, is his substitutions generally. They, since mm. he joined the club, he seems to have always sort of done the right thing at the right time. You know, when you contrast that with, you know, we all have... Uh, Dean Smith, who I call Sir Dean. Um, but, you know, I'd say that was one criticism of him was his subs would take a while. Where he'd leave it a little bit too long sometimes. And Gerard as well, you know, he, he, he never too sure about his subs. So with Emery, it was, always, it was like a breath of fresh air. But the last two games, Newcastle and Chelsea, it's felt a little bit like at half-time, just make a change. I think I think mm-hmm. he made a change. He did, he did make changes against Tottenham away. And that shifted the game for us, didn't it? You know, we were kind of lucky to not be 3-1 three, three, down at Tottenham, um, you know, back in November, I think it was. And then second half, he absolutely dominated them. And I think it was when he made a substitution early on. Um, and I just felt like Newcastle and Chelsea tonight, you know, both games when we brought the subs on, the games turned, the energy levels mm. have t- changed. It just feels like maybe at half time rather than the 70th minute was the moment to do, to make those changes. Let's... Um... Let's try to do some positives, shall we? <laughs> oh, this, isn't, this isn't going to be a long podcast because uh, we don't want to go too much on, on the defeat and there aren't many positives. Good for DRB to get a goal. It's about, <laughs> as, about as positive as I can get. Might be good for his yeah. confidence, maybe. I can't even say that with a straight face, really. A, a, a yeah. positive in a defeat in the FA Cup. It was a good finish, irregardless of uh, Lee Dixon calling it scrappy. It was not scrappy. It was a really good finish. Um, and yeah, it, it is important. You know, he's he's been... Um, uh, I don't think he's. I wouldn't say he's been in poor form. I just think he's been not at the level that he was earlier this season, mm-hmm. uh, and looking a little bit lower on confidence. And that's to be expected. You know, he's in a he's in a new league, um, and it is going to take him time to adapt to it. He's not always going to be brilliant in his, you know, in his first season uh, in particular. Um, but he's had great moments with us this season. But he has had a bit of a lull recently, and uh, he has just felt a little bit like he needs a goal, um, and. Um, maybe even to just play out on the right at times to be able to turn and run at a player rather than always having his back to goal and having big players like Dan Byrne on him, breathing down his mm. neck all the time. So, uh, you know, he got to play out right against Sheffield United when he came on the other day and he had bright moments. And then tonight, when, you know, he played, he actually played pretty well tonight, I thought, when he came on as a second striker. And uh, it was a good goal. So, you know, 
who knows? Maybe he'll take that energy into uh, the game on Sunday against uh, Manchester United. Oh, we could certainly do with it, couldn't we? Um, before we mention Man United, for people who are listening along live, if you can leave a comment uh, in the live chat with how annoyed you are out of 10, probably is a scale that doesn't really work, by losing tonight, by going out of the FA Cup, because I'm a big uh, kind of advocate for winning a trophy <laughs> what a stupid yeah. thing to say but I was very very annoyed and angry after the Everton Cup defeat uh, yeah. back in September whenever it was and still don't really like the fact that, that that's the way it went and people always say things like yeah but we're good in the league now so surely you're over that not really the Carabao Cup is a great great opportunity for, for Villa to win a trophy the FA Cup traditionally has not been a good uh, opportunity for us to win a trophy our record in it has been abysmal up until this year this is the first time we've got past the third round for seven or eight years or something yeah. to get to the fourth round and then a replay and I'm thinking oh well we'll beat Chelsea at home that's fine with the, with the kind of mouth-watering tie of Leeds as a lower league opposition at home again in the fifth round and kind of the competition opens up a little bit. For me, I'm thinking, well, the FA Cup's now a possibility as well. I'm just going to go and win the lot. But, you know, something that Villa could and should be ser- taken seriously. So to lose tonight in the manner that we lost as well, mm. I am annoyed by it. I, I don't think I can just go, oh, well, it's only the FA Cup. I'm not that bothered. I said earlier about, like, it's kind of a positive that we've got a bad performance out of the way in a cup game rather than a league game because I'm massively contradicting myself there, but I'm only thinking about the next one, really. The thought of losing to Man United really makes me feel sick. I don't like Man United. I've I've said it millions of times. That gap we've got on the top four or into the top six, the gap on Man United, sorry, could either be five points or 11 points come Sunday evening. That's a massive difference. The yeah. thought of like maybe we've got a bad performance out of the way and we'll come out against Man United all guns blazing and beat them is kind of in the back of my mind that well, maybe we've kind of sacrificed tonight because of that. That's a massive if. I'm more likely thinking Newcastle, Chelsea in our recent form, maybe Man United will come and beat us as well. And that's not a position I thought I'd, I'd be in, but you can just see it, can't you? Man United picking up a bit of form, closing yeah. the, the gap to five points, taking that momentum and Villa kind of going downwards rather than the other way. Yeah. I'm hoping that is not the case. Um, as I've waffled there long enough to ask some comments in, three out of ten, I'm being pragmatic, focus is now all on the top four, uh, seven out of ten. Uh, five out of ten, at least it's an improvement on the last ten, ten years. Uh, two out of ten, top four and the Conference League is more of a priority. Uh, nine, even the Dogheads spanked Chelsea. Yeah, it doesn't always work like that, though, does it? It's like one of those things that's like so and so beat Barcelona and we beat so and so, so we must be better than Barcelona. <laughs> yeah. uh, three out of ten to be annoyed by the cup. Uh, Eleven out of ten for the performance, though. I think that's probably fair for most people. Uh, mm. Four. Anthony says if we win at the weekend, which is like I said, a big if. I'm just worried about Man United. I really, yeah. really don't want to lose to them. So, Frankie, I've talked for enough there. I've waffled for, for a little bit. How, how annoyed are you at tonight specifically? And uh, what do you think about Man United? Yeah, uh, I'd say I, I, I'm probably a, a sort of an 8 out of 10 for annoyance in the sense it was so so reminiscent of the Newcastle loss. I mm. think it just felt a little bit like, hmm, whenever we've had like setbacks under Emery before, we tended to learn from it and come out and surprise everyone and do just better, much better in the next game. It just felt like a really similar performance. A really, mm. And the opposition looking far more, uh, you know, having a good game plan to try and stop us and therefore looking more energised with it and making us just look a bit lethargic and looking around a bit, you know, unsure of ourselves. Um, 
and players just not really get being involved in the game. Like, you know, Watkins struggling to get involved in both those games. So that I'd say eight out of ten for a repeat, basically, of what happened last week. Um as for Manchester United, uh I was there in 1995 when we beat them 3-1. I was there in uh, a year and a half ago when we beat them 3-1. So I'm daring to... Dr- I was also there in 1994, the Coca-Cola Cup final when we beat them 3-1. So I'm daring to dream that I am the one lucky charm because uh, <laughs> I will be there on Sunday to see Aston Villa take on Manchester United. I've already had Man United friends of mine sending me uh, messages of uh, Eric Ten Hag making notes uh, about what this he's seeing tonight. Uh, look, I am much more... Um, much less confident about the United game than I was when I booked the tickets for it about two <laughs> weeks ago. Um, I was I was prepared to go and be like, right, I can't wait to see this now. You know, I really believe we can get a, a result. Um, but seeing them, you know, I look at Garnacho, Rashford with his pace. Uh, Hoyland will be required to do a lot of pressing as well. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I already I already can see it in my head what's going to happen. You know, Garnacho mm, like is going to get a goal. Uh, Rashford probably get one on the break. You know, but at the same time, you know, like I'd like to think that under Unai Emery, we're not going to repeat the same mistake three times in a row at home, and that there'll be some shift, some change, maybe a tweak here or there that might just throw Man United off their game plan for us and might just be mm. enough for us to get you know get going. But I think it's key that we don't concede early. Um, yeah, you know, if you can see in that first 10, 15 minutes, then it's going to be really hard to come mentally get over that block. But if we can you know, hold out, not concede early, get through the first 15, 20 minutes, maybe even get a goal ourselves, you know, then um, I, I think we can still get the job done against them. Mm, yeah, I hope so. We've got um, a match preview for Man United that we'll record on Friday after the press conference. And me and John, that'll be our next um, main current Blue podcast after this one. I think we're doing a, a Villa voice notes with Matt Kendrick tomorrow at some point. Um, but yeah, the, the Inside Body More preview show for Man United will be our next main uh, piece. And then we'll do a post-match show for Sunday as well after we've been, been to Villa Park and back. I just really hope it's really hope it's a win. Even a draw doesn't feel... We did the Q&A in the office yeah in the office on Monday we kind of started speaking about whether the draw was okay and in the end I kind of thought yeah it probably is because it just means neither of us have, have lost any ground or we've not lost any ground and they've not gained anything and they yeah. obviously it makes it harder for them to gain anything in the future because they're not paying us directly again so they can't influence us kind of thing I don't know whether the draw is good enough after that. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm in like crisis territory already after two defeats in right. twenty yard or whatever, which is madness, really. But uh, with these things, we kind of you know when I start looking ahead at like, oh, this game, this game, this game, how many points are we going to get? People go, oh, one game at a time. So mm. I'm kind of like going backwards now. As much as like the first half of the season has been great, I can still only react to things now a game at a time. And tonight was crap. Tonight was terrible. And if it was if bad. We play anything yeah. like we did in the first ten or fifteen minutes today on Sunday, we will concede early. And they will yeah. sit on that, and and they'll beat us, and that'll be that. And that that points gap will be down to five, and all of a sudden we've got twitchy bums, and and yeah, it just won't be nice at all. And Villa can still go on to qualify for the Champions League if they do lose on Sunday. Of course, there's still a long lot of football to be played, but when you can make that gap eleven points, that's an opportunity you cannot afford to miss. And I really hope that Emery has got them fired up over these next couple of days, and we come out and we not batter them in the sense of a, a great performance, but a two nil comfortable win where Villa go right. We mean business. We have to win today. Absolutely, and you know, I, you know, I've been. Um, I remember vividly the ninety-eight, ninety-nine season under John Gregory, and there was a couple of seasons under Martin O'Neill, where every time Villa would have a great start to the season, get to February, and it all just kind of ran out of momentum. Mm. Um, 
now you know we've got a real real high class manager in Unai Emery and I think this is like a test for Villa now you know I think we're we're a high quality squad high quality with some absolutely fantastic world class players and uh, this is a test for us now like are we going to be the Villa of old you know we've we've been saying for like since Emery came in that there's so many things that have happened under him where it's been like the Villa of old would have done this but this Villa haven't done that you know it's so this this is a test now you know this was always going to happen this season at some point teams were going to start to prepare better for Villa and figure out ways to play against us and um, it's for us to adapt and uh, how well we can do that is you know is crucial to whether we finish in quite frankly Champions League places Um, so yeah I'm I've got, I've, it'll be interesting to see um, whether we can sort of get away from being what Villa have were of old, where you know you'd get to February and it all just sort of petered out a bit. Um, it's crew. I, I think it's really important that Emery's able to show us that you know we're different to that. Mm, just a very quick word. So it's been in the comments a lot about Lee Dixon's commentary. <laughs> you mentioned it in passing before. Didn't scrapping most of the RB. Uh, a word for Enzo Fernandez's, Fernandez's free kick as well, which was postage stamp, top quality, world-class free kick. Yeah. Two Emmy Martinez's don't get anywhere near that, sadly, and he's uh, the best goalkeeper in the world. Yeah. A great piece of individual skill, and you kind of slump in your seat and go, oh, God, here we go. And now they've got one of the best goals in the FA Cup this season to keep replaying every year, and it's against Villa, of course it is. Um, <laughs> was it a free kick, though? Lee Dixon doesn't care. Yeah, I know, I couldn't believe that when I heard that. You know, it's I just... care, Lee, and every other Villa fan cares. If it wasn't a free kick, yeah. I'm not saying that changed the game, but come on. Yeah, I tend, I tend to not like pay too much attention to, to commentators when they say silly things, but tonight there were, felt like there were a glut of comments where I'd be like, did he just say that? Do I, what? what? Mm. Um, you know, I think he said had a, goal was had a, Yeah, McGinn had a yeah. strike. Um, and it was yeah. went out for a goal kick, and he was clipped. And I actually think it was a foul, to be honest. It was a foul uh, on, yeah. the, on, the, on the replay. And I think the well, one if one's a free kick, why is the other wrong? Yeah, whatever. Um, but Lee, the, the Lee Dixon says something like, "Oh, he's claiming for the foul. He wouldn't have been if it went in, though." Mm. Well, yeah, obviously yeah. Knox he'd have scored a goal. Why would he be then claiming for a foul? So if it's a foul, it's a foul, isn't it? It's again just yeah. stupid little comments which wind me up. Yeah, a for a proper broadcast like BBC, ITV. Sorry. Yeah, it was um, it was a pretty frustrating listen. I'll be honest. Um, yeah, uh, I, th- I think there was another one as well about the Chelsea keeper caught the ball and he said, "I'm surprised he hasn't done an Emmy Martinez and gone down and time wasted and all this." And I was like, "Oh, it's uh, I don't know. Um, it's just just funny how often yeah you hear ex-pro mm. commentators and just sit there shaking their head going." You know, I get more out of listening to fan media. <laughs> Genuinely, half the time. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, that'll do us, Frankie. I think because I don't want to keep this pretty tight. And I, I, we've done longer than I thought. I was going to aim for twenty minutes, and we've done almost twenty-five. Uh, as I said, our next post uh, pre-match show will be Man United, where we'll talk about it in more detail after an English press conference. If we can speak to a Man United reporter as well to get their uh, version of events, that'll be handy. And I'll see what I can do over the next couple of days. The post-match show will return on Sunday. That should be me and Matt Kendrick for that one. Uh, if you've missed Matt Kendrick's audio-only show that we released last week called Villa Voice Notes, you can go back and listen to that there 10 minute rambles from Matt about anything Villa basically uh, last week was about going to the matches with family and what that means to him which I, I, I was surprised that was the angle I took it I basically just said you go and film this thing do what you want and that, that's what he gave me <laughs> tomorrow's episode is about the sports Argus uh, do you remember the sports oh, Argus Frank? yeah the pink pink, uh, the pink paper, paper. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's that's all I always remember. I remember going to get them for my dad and I don't know that my dad will be watching this one because we've lost. He's a fair weather podcast viewer. <laughs> uh, but I remember going to pick up the pink paper from the corner shop and stuff when yeah. I was a kid. And obviously I was just, I think Matt said it finished in 2006. So I would have only been uh, 11 when it finished. I wasn't really into it as a teenager or anything, but I remember picking it up from the, the local news agent. So it's kind of like a, a little... Um, memories of the sports Argus and Matt Gendrick, which is a, again oh, an interesting yeah. listen for anyone who remembers the paper and anyone younger than probably 30 who doesn't, maybe you'll learn something from that as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so that'll be on the Spotify and Apple podcast feed tomorrow, wherever you listen to this, it's in, it's in the same place. So that'll be available tomorrow. Uh, earlier today, it's a double upload day for us. Sorry, Frank, I'll let you go in a sec while I was doing all my plugging on other stuff. Um, me and John did an episode in the office on Monday called The Debate, which is a new series we're launching where we take an Aston Villa topic and one of us has to argue for it and one of us has to argue against it. Now, ideally, we'd actually believe the arguments we were saying and that will be the case in the future, but we did whether Villa need to leave Villa Park or not. And me and John both agree that we shouldn't leave Villa Park. And we get asked this in Q&As all the time. And we just go, ah, what a stupid question. No way. <laughs> and we move on. And that's not fair, is it? Like people, there's genuinely people that think leaving Villa Park and building a new stadium is an option and something we should be looking into as a club. Yeah. I will reiterate again for the millionth time, the club are not looking to move away from Villa Park. That's the kind of legal disclaimer, I have to say. Yeah. Um but it is something worth talking about and us just going, well, oh, what a stupid question is unfair. So we tried to play for and against. John pulled out the against uh, bit of paper out of the mug. So I had to argue for, which I, said <laughs> I don't agree with. But I did. I had one of the comments was like, how can you argue it if you don't believe in it? I did a tweet the day before we filmed and it got 100 replies. And I used those replies to kind of make my argument. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, if you want to go back and see whether we should be leaving Villa Park, there's loads of comments as well from people who have just read the title and not watched it, and they've just gone, what are these two idiots talking about saying we should leave <laughs> Villa Park? So, I know if you actually watched it, most of the videos are us going, yeah, we wouldn't leave Villa Park, we want to expand on what we've got and make it better, and I've just kind of made a bit of a, a bit of a safer why I think we should leave Villa Park for the sake of the video. Mm. Um, so if you want to go and watch that or listen to it, again, it's on the feed where you're listening to this, it's on YouTube as well. Um, it's had a good response so far and if you want to suggest another topic for me and John or me and Matt or John and Matt to debate uh, you can share those with us as well right Frankie thank you so much for joining me on Wednesday evening I am getting out of breath so I'll say thank you for watching and we'll see you all again very soon bye bye